Hey, maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars with a 6-2 and two record, but even more importantly, a five-game winning streak. Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to keep it in the, the, frame, the framework of episode show number 76a we did an episode show number 76 now we're going to do an episode show number 76a because we are going to concentrate on talking about the offensive line some there's been some changes the jaguars uh, pulled off a trade deadline trade with the minnesota vikings jaguars traded a day three draft pick and got ezra cleveland a starting offensive guard who's probably started, I think, 49 out of 53 games since he's been with the Minnesota Vikings. So the, the Jaguars needed an upgraded guard. Um, ben Barch was, wasn't happening. Um, in fairness to Barch, who was waived like right after the trade was made, uh, Barch has had injury issues especially last year. I don't think he was 100% this year. I think injuries with Ben Barch played a big role. However, when you took it when you take a look, when you do take a look at the two players and compare them, Ben Barch has been waived. Ezra Cleveland, the um the left guard who's going to play left guard for the Jaguars from the get-go. He's going to be in the offensive line room with probably the leader of the Jaguars offensive line, right guard, Brandon Sheriff. Luke Fortner is going to be your center. Your left tackle, Cam Robinson. Anton Harris should continue to start at right tackle. And I hope Walker Little is uh, getting to be, if not 100% healthy by now. And then you got Tyler Shantley. Um you always get injuries on the offensive line. That's a pretty, that's a couple of really good guys coming off the bench, Walker Little and Tyler Shandley. So I think this move has really upgraded the entire offensive line. I, I don't think the coaches had a lot of confidence in Ben Bartz. That's just my take. The injuries were probably the biggest thing involved with it. You know, as far as the Jaguars were concerned, when you look at it, Ben Barch is in his fourth year. Um, it's a similar story with Ezra Cleveland. I have to take a look at how long he's been in the league, but I think he's been in the league like uh, about the same amount of time. However, the Vikings had Ezra Cleveland playing like 49 out of 53 games that he was on the Vikings roster. The Jaguars liked the durability. They like his size and strength and his ability to help the run game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think when you compare the two guys, Ben Barch, who has been waived by the Jaguars, and Ezra Cleveland coming in, you got to say to yourself, after four years, I don't think the Jaguars would have offered Ben Barch another deal. Ezra Cleveland, if he comes in, continues to show his durability and plays well, he's a guy the Jags would probably like to keep for the following year and give another contract to, if possible. 
So when you take a look at it from that respect, it is, whether it's a huge upgrade or it's at least somewhat of an upgrade, how well Ezra Cleveland plays remains to be seen. He has not played a game for the Jaguars yet, but the trade was made at the deadline and a good time for the Jaguars because they're in a bye week. He gets into the Jaguars offensive line room. Brandon Sheriff will probably take him under his wing because Sheriff has been on the team for a couple of years now. The offensive line coach for the Jaguars used to coach, as I understand it, in Minnesota, so he's very familiar with Ezra Cleveland. And that's probably part of the reason why the Jaguars made the deal, because their current offensive line coach has a history with Ezra Cleveland. Did I call him something else a minute ago? It's Ezra Cleveland. I'm getting used to saying the guy's name, the new left guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we are brought to you by uh, Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. Remember, Saucer Realty and Capital, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, you can find the link to Saucer Realty and Capital on our website at bigjreport.com. That's bigjreport.com. Also, LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They have Rock Saturdays. They now have also Midnight Rock, Midnight Central Time, 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. They have recognizable and identifiable hits Monday through Friday from morning till afternoon. Hits 2000s Monday through Friday evenings. And then they have Midnight Rock after Hits 2000s. They also have uh, Rock Saturdays and so much more. And they do operate at 24-7. So you can you can set your, your music appetite to LakeUfallahits.com. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And as you know, from what we've said, they offer a very good variety of things at LakeUfallahits.com. Great, absolutely great internet radio where it's all good. We'll talk more about the Jaguars on the Teal Shirt Report. Jags are 6-2, and two, probably the hottest team in the NFL now with five straight victories. The Jacksonville Jaguars on a five-game winning streak. We'll talk more about it. We're going to talk college football and North Florida Entertainment as well. On this episode show, number 76A of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, thank you for listening. Hey, you're, you're tuned in to episode show number 76A of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Still talking about the O-line, the offensive line, and there's you know been some recent changes. And you can go back and look at Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel, who was a number two overall pick. I thought it was kind of funny looking back at it now. I remember Dave Codwell after picking Jokel. He said, oh, he was the number one guy on our board because Kansas City had picked Eric Fisher, who I think he's done with his career now, but he actually had a, a really a better career than Luke Jokel. In fact, I was looking Eric Fisher up. I don't believe he's playing anymore. He played longer than Jokel. Had, I think he made the Pro Bowl twice, too. But I remember that draft when uh, 
And it might have been Codwell's uh, – we're, we're talking about not Mike Codwell, the defensive coordinator, Dave Codwell, the old GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're we're going back. We're talking about that draft and how a guy that doesn't work out when you draft him that high can set you back. Played left tackle. I got to say he played okay at times. Other times, no. Um, left tackle. He was a left tackle. When you draft a guy number two overall, he's going to start, he's going to play, and he's going to sink or swim. Um, I'm going to say Luke Jokel was somewhere between swimming and sinking, but much closer to quicksand, if you know what I mean. Great coffee this morning, by the way. I have no idea what I'm drinking. Because sometimes I'll take some of my favorite coffees, mix them in a big canister, and that's what I got. I know I got some dark coffee. I've got some flavored coffee. It's kind of all mixed up, but it's good. Good flavor. So we're talking about Luke Jokel. He was drafted number two overall, and I believe that was Codwell's first draft. Was that the same year he drafted Cyprian? <laughs> and the free agent signings galore. Uh, Zane Beatles and et cetera. So when you talk about the, the O-line, Zane Beatles, free agent, played good sometimes. Most of the time he didn't. He was uh, kind of a, I don't know if you'd say free agent bust, but he was close to it. Uh, Jokel, Jokel, in my opinion, he was close to a bust, wasn't he? You know, he was he was no R.J. Soward no, because, you know, I mean, and I wouldn't even classify him with Justin Blackman, although Blackman had a lot more talent when he played, but. Man, I tell you what, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on Luke Jokel, but he wore number 76. This is episode show number 76A. Now we can fast forward to a few years later and the Jags are starting to quietly put a good offensive line together. Cam Robinson at left tackle when he's playing his best, when he's healthy, when he's not suspended for PEDs, he can be a pretty good football player and perhaps if not the best offensive player on the line, at least you could say the best tackle. Um, I think Brandon Sheriff is probably our best offensive lineman. Uh, Fortner in his second year at center's got a ways to go, but I believe in him. I think he'll be okay and he'll get better as time goes on. Uh, the backups now look pretty good with Tyler Shadley backing up at center or guard. The Jaguars trade for Ezra Cleveland and, I don't think the guy even starts now. We just heard in the press conference that it looks like Walker Little will play left guard, but you know how it goes. I mean, people are going to rotate them in, in and out some, depending on how they're playing, and and it could be interesting. But when you've got when you've got an Ezra Cleveland, and he's still getting kind of used to the Jaguars the way they operate. He's in the offensive line room getting some help with fellow guard Brandon Sheriff. I'm just thinking maybe that he doesn't play much the first game. They're kind of getting him indoctrinated. And it gives, again, it gives your Walker Little a chance to make a little tran transition from, you know, tackle, left tackle to left guard. So, essentially, it looks like you're going to have um, Walker Little and Cam Robinson out there at the same time. Walker Little uh, playing left guard next to Cam Robinson, your left tackle, Fortner the center, right guard Brandon Sheriff. 
And Anton Harrison, a late first-round pick out of Oklahoma, rookie, playing right tackle. So you got guys, and so, you know, basically, you got some interior guys that are pretty good that are going to come off the bench. Ezra Cleveland, who probably will be a starter on this team as time goes on, maybe more maybe more quickly than later. Um, I think Gaylor and I were messaging and kind of talking yesterday, and, you know, Gaylor was thinking, hey, you know, uh, Ezra Cleveland's going to start at left guard, and then he, I think he listened to one of Doug's press conferences talking about a little bit of a, a glowing feeling about Walker Little, and now left, it looks like the left guard, at least for the, the game against the 49ers coming up. Looks like uh, Walker Little may be out there at left guard, see how he can do against the 49ers. So when Walker Little goes out there and plays, he's got to perform well. Or you got an Ezra Cleveland ready to come right in. Uh, Shadley will back up at center and guard, and it looks like Cam will play at left tackle, Anton Harrison at right tackle. Again, you've got left guard Walker Little, who's moving from tackle to left guard, center Fortner. And you never know, this move was, you just never know, this move with Walker Little playing left guard, man, it could be a, a career move that might be better for him. Who knows? He's proven he can play pretty good at left tackle. Uh, he's versatile. He can play tackle or guard now, apparently. And getting more experience at guard to make him more versatile as his NFL career continues, whether it's continues to be in Jacksonville or somewhere else. The Jags are going to re-sign some of these guys. Some guys, they're not. Walker Little was part of that really good draft class of 2021, which I believe Urban Meyer had a big thumbprint on, a big thumbprint on that 2021 class because Urban Meyer, man, he was given the entire store, the entire Jaguar store. And I'm pretty sure Shad Khan said he, he was so enamored at the time with Urban Meyer, he said, well, who do you want to be your GM? Who can you work with? And it was he, he went along with Trent Baalke. He had known Trent Baalke in the past, Urban. And I think that's what happened. Um, Baalke now is involved with Doug Peterson. I think that it's more mutual. I think ultimately Baalke makes the picks, but there's a lot, I mean, ex an extremely lot of input from Doug Peterson. So I think they're kind of working in tandem on the drafts and 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 personnel as well. However, the Bucks stops with Trent Baalke. He's a GM. He was a GM when Urban Meyer was was in the building. And I just thought I'd throw my two cents in about that. The Jags are looking good, six and two, five game winning streak. So we'll keep it on a keep it on a positive note. We did want to talk about the offensive line a little bit. My goodness, I didn't get a chance to give everybody my picks, but I had a good week. I was playing the football pool that I normally play in, and I was four and two in, in the colleges against the spread, 11 and three in the NFL against the spread, not just picking winners, but against the spread. And I've, I won this football pool this week. I've won it two out of the last three weeks. So, you know, it's a handful of people playing. I think it's less than 20 people, probably, but less than 20 or 25 people playing in this pool. Um, there were some good football games. Texas and college football won by three points. I picked Clemson to win and uh, against Notre Dame. I felt Notre Dame had a better team, but Clemson's at home. 
I think Dabo out coached a Notre Dame coach with X's and O's on the field. And this is one of the better Notre Dame teams, but Clemson beat them. But Clemson's had their troubles. You know, they've lost to who now? Florida State. They lost to uh, Duke earlier in the year. This is not your your daddy, your granddaddy's Clemson team. Um, ultimately, Dabo seems to be a little bit like me, and he's not a big fan of the NIL. But man, Dabo, that's that's how you get the players: the portal, the NIL. College football's changed. I did really bad picking the games the first maybe two or three weeks of the season, and then things settled in, and I got more comfortable with how the teams were stacking up. Uh, Georgia won, but they didn't cover the spread. So I lost that one. I had Oklahoma state in the pool against the spread. I was getting five and a half points. Oklahoma state did swat Oklahoma. Maybe that's a bad choice of words. Oklahoma state beat Oklahoma. Um, key game, Washington, USC, man, USC, the, did the defensive coordinator get maybe fired at USC? I was thinking I heard a rumor of that we'll have to double check that, but Man, they give up a lot of points. The Huskies scored 52 points against USC defense. USC, who's got a really good quarterback, who's a prospect, they put up 42 points. But Washington won the game 52-42. to 42. There's no doubt in my mind that Washington and Oregon are, are ahead of the rest of the Pac-12. A lot of them are going to be moving. Washington, Oregon, especially UCLA, USC, they're going to be moving to the Big Ten, at least four of them. I think maybe it's more than four of them. And there might be a team or two moving to the Big 12. So the Pac-12, when it's all said and done, they may have four teams left standing. And they may have to find some uh, from find some teams from smaller conferences or merge with another conference. So I don't even know where that stands, but I'm sure we'll hear about it because the four-letter network, they're pretty much in charge of running college football. Um, I, picked, uh, I picked the Steelers. To win on Thursday night, lo and behold, they did. They covered the two and a half points, won the game by, what, four points? Um, a lot of interesting NFL games. Um, Chiefs won in a game that was played in Frankfurt, Germany, of all places. How about that? Jaguars did not lose. They did not win. They did not play. 49ers, I believe, had the week off, too. The Jaguars will play the 49ers. Um that will actually be a home game in Jacksonville. I don't know where the line measures up on that one. We can check it right now. We can take a look at the line. Let's take a look at that, where the Jaguars and 49ers line up. We're also going to take a look at some um, some some high school football, too. My Ed White Commanders won. They beat Baldwin. They're going to be in the playoffs at 6-4. and four. Playoffs. Uh, how they put the playoff teams together is kind of great to me. You know, like Elvis said in the Christmas song, Blue Christmas. You remember that one years ago? Um, great Christmas song, too. But <laughs> then... then David Martin was complaining. You know, he's my semi-pro football insider. He was complaining because the school he pulls for pace, uh, they were eight and two, and they apparently did they not did they not make the playoffs? David, I'm gonna have to message David with that. But so there's a little controversy. It's not just 
it's not just the BCS or now they call it what the final four, which is going to go to a 12 team playoff in college football. So there's controversy at, at all ranks uh, with the NFL. You know, you got a lot of teams in the playoffs, everybody pretty much that deserves to get in, they're going to get in and maybe a couple that don't deserve to get in, get in. Oh, so you don't really have, you don't really have a lot of controversy with, hey, this team should get in, this team should. And I, I think the NFL works its way out where – how many teams make the NFL playoffs now? It's 12, right? No, it's an extra team now. It's seven in each conference, so it's 14 teams. So there's more than – there's probably too many NFL teams that make the playoffs as well. 14 get in out of the uh, 32 now. This is just me kind of talking off the top of my head here. The Browns blew out. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, probably the worst team in football. I picked the Cardinals because the, the spread was seven and a half points. And I said, what the heck? The Cardinals, man, they can get within seven points or less. They can at least win it by the spread. Um, Ravens blew out Seattle. Um, the Ravens were five and a half point favorite. I picked the Ravens to cover. Uh, Saints ended up beating the Bears by seven points. Saints were seven and a half point favorite. I picked the Bears, so I actually won that one because the Bears got, you know, lost by less than seven and a half. They lost by seven. Man, the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Is he on the hot seat? He lost to the Commanders. Won a lot of Super Bowls. So, what about the Indianapolis Colts? They blew out the Carolina Panthers, Gardner Minshew. Playing and starting because AR-15 is out. And I think he's pretty much, Anthony Richardson's pretty much out for the entire football season. Man, Florida Florida Gators and JU Dolphins have started playing college basketball. I believe they both won their first game too. So we're kind of in a season of uh, transition uh, right now. Packers beat the Rams. Um Vikings beat the Falcons. I, you know, when I first looked at that line and it said the Falcons were a four and a half point favorite over the Vikings, I about, I about choked and gagged. I said four and a half points of Falcons better than the Vikings. I know the Vikings have been up and down, but I went with the Vikings and sure enough, they, they won the game. Uh, Texans Buccaneers game was a, was an interesting one. The Bucks thought they had it won, And then the Texans came back down and scored and, I picked the Bucks, and it was a good thing I picked the Bucks because the Texans were favored by three, but they won by two, I believe. Well, we'll you know, we'll take a look at all these scores and just kind of give you some of my feelings of what's going on. We'll take a look at the high school football. We kind of broke down the Jaguars' offensive line. I think when you talk about the Jaguars' offensive line, you also have to talk about this, the tight end play. Um, Evan Ingram is a, is a guy that's a good safety valve, makes big plays on offense. He averaged about 10, 10 and a half yards uh, uh, per catch last year. He's close to that this year, maybe a little bit under that, but he's having a pretty good year catching a lot of balls. Um, so everybody expects bigger games out of Calvin Ridley than he's had. Uh, Christian Kirk's had some good games, and it's just a situation where you got a lot of re- receivers and not enough balls to go around. And it, thank goodness the Jaguars are like a really close-knit team. They want to win. This is not a team of superstars, although you might get Christian Kirk or somebody saying something like, you know, something a little outlandish now and then in the in the offseason, maybe. 
But, man, this is a team that really wants to win. Zay Jones uh, still out and hurt, but I hear he may be on the mend and improving. Hopefully he'll get back soon to give the Jaguars that third receiver threat, which I guess the third receiver threat is really Evan Ingram right now. We talk about tight ends. You know, I'm not going to say Evan Ingram's a good blocker. I think he may block some. I will say that that Luke Farrell, who was part of that 2021 Urban Meyer draft class for the Jaguars, I'm going to say that he has stepped up his game and has improved blocking. Brenton Strains, they use him to block, and here lately he's caught a ball or two. So with Luke Farrell, he's going to catch an occasional pass. Brenton Strange probably in the same boat. Brenton Strange had a, a big catch the other day as well. The Jaguars on a five-game winning streak. They're 6-2. and two. We're, we're dead at the halfway point of the year because the bye week is in the books. The Jaguars get ready to play the uh, 49ers uh, this Sunday now. Let's see. We're recording uh, this particular segment. We had a segment right before this one that you heard that was actually done – maybe two, three, four days before this one. So we're kind of catching up as we go along here. Um, we're recording this podcast on Tuesday morning, November the 7th. There was a Monday night game last night on Monday night, or we could say Monday night, November the 6th. I had the Chargers in the pool, and this game put me over the top. The Chargers won. The Jets have literally no offense. Aaron Rodgers hurt on the shelf for, I'm assuming, the entire year now. Although there's some individuals that say he could come back. Some Aaron, some hardened Aaron Rodgers fan, maybe, maybe he could. Maybe the doctor wouldn't recommend it, but maybe he comes back at some point in time. But the Chargers won this one on Monday night football. Monday night, November the 6th, The uh, I keep wanting to call them the San Diego Chargers, but the L.A. Chargers, 27 the New York Jets, uh, six, literally no offense for the Jets. I talked to our executive producer, JC, before the game. He said, man, the Jets have a good defense, and they really do. They they do. I would – and the Chargers had a good offensive game. I think they had – they had a big um, – I'm pretty sure they had a big uh, – what was it, a big punt return, a kick return for a touchdown in this one? So the 27 points, some of it came, I believe, from special teams. However, the Chargers quarterback, uh, what's his name, Herbert, he had a pretty good game and did what he had to do to win the football game. Chargers defense stepped up, but the Jets offense, um, literally not a lot of good execution or big plays. I mean, just the, the New York Jets offense is in the doldrums. When you only put six points on the board in an NFL game, that is horrendous. Maybe the other team is causing some of that, but I think it's more the offense and the Chargers defense. L.A. Chargers 27, the New York Jets 6. Uh, Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football, and I picked the Bills in the pool. Uh, the Bengals were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, you talk about a quarterback – Burrow, Joe Burrow. Hey, Joe. Joe Burrow getting uh, getting hot. The week before against the 49ers, he had like only four incomplete passes the whole game. Joe Burrow was on fire. They won a couple of big games. They beat San Francisco. They've now beat Buffalo. Cincinnati Bengals 24, the Buffalo Bills 18. That was a Sunday night game. Um, Eagles beat the Cowboys. Philadelphia Eagles 23, the Cowboys 23. 
the Eagles again, 28, the Cowboys 23. So the Eagles came from behind. I took the Eagles. They covered the three points they were favored by. Raiders, after kind of cleaning the house at the top with the coach, and I think he's a GM gone too, um, the Raiders came out and played football. They just simply blew out the Giants. I took the Raiders. They were a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Giants, and they won that one really, really easily. Colts uh, beat up the Carolina Panthers. I took the Colts to cover the three points. They did. I took the Bears. The Bears lost by seven, but the Saints needed to cover seven-and-a-half, and they did not do it as far as the, the, um, the numbers in the football pool are concerned. Let's take a look at this next Jags game uh, coming up. Here on the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast, let's see if I can find the latest line. There should be a lineup uh, Tuesday morning, no- November the 7th. Here we go. This game will be played November the 12th. It's a 1 o'clock game. Should be a good one. 49ers 5-3, and three, Jaguars 6-2. and A couple of teams going in opposite directions, at least right now. The Jaguars with a five-game winning streak. The 49ers, what are they on? They're on a losing streak right now. Um. They've lost their last couple of games in a row. And, man, uh, taking a look at the line, what do we got? We got the, uh, man, are the 49ers favorite in this game? Well, I'm looking at a couple of different lines. Now I see one spread. It's got the 49ers favored by one and a half points. This game is at um, Everbank Stadium. Thank you very much. This Sunday, November the 12th, kickoff at 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, one of our sources says the Jaguars win this game by two or three points. Uh, now we're looking at the best San Francisco spread is minus three, the Jags plus three. So it looks like San Francisco in most circles is about a three-point favorite. I see something else that has the 49ers about a one-and-a-half-point favorite, but overall it looks like the 49ers may be as high as a three-point favorite in this game with the Jaguars. Man, if you can get the three points, man, Jags are playing good football. They're going to be at home. I, I don't I don't think you I don't I don't think you take San Francisco lightly. You got a bye week. The 49ers, I believe, are coming off a bye week too. So this should be some some really, really good football. Our source likes the Jaguars to win by, say, two or three points. Meanwhile, the 49ers are actually favored by three points. The game will be played this Sunday, November the 12th of 2023 at 1 o'clock p.m. at Everbank Stadium here in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll continue with uh, more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Man, I'm all over the place with a laptop here. I've got to get back to our point of entry. And we'll what we'll do is we'll process this segment, and then we'll have another segment coming right at you. We'll talk high school football, some more college football coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Hey, thank you for listening. Hey, pop it in with a little bit of an interlude uh, during the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our supporter, correspondent, and contributor, John Gaylor. Gaylor, in his travels, ran up on a guy in, in North Florida that was from, I believe, London or somewhere around England or close to London. And he told Gaylor, yeah, I'm a 
huge and big Jaguars fans. His name is Louie. Louie, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Good to have you listening. Good to have you in North Florida when you're here. I'm assuming you go back to London and England a good bit. But uh, good to have you in Jacksonville, Duval, and throughout North Florida. Louie, special hello to you from, from, you know, Mr. Gaylor. And I'm going to say hello to you, too, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Louie from the U.K., from the London and England area. Uh, Louie, a special hello to you. Also wanted to throw this in. Gaylor had mentioned this to me as well. I also found some information on the fact right now that we're starting to things with the stadium deal looks like it's starting to cook up heat up a little bit apparently the jaguars have requested bids from companies who want to help create the new stadium of the future we kept hearing this figure of two billion dollars now it could be done for less than that probably looking at one to two billion dollars um Probably the bids are going to be in the $1.2 billion to $1.4 billion range or a little better than that, perhaps. But that's where we're at with the stadium. It looks like the city knows, the Jaguars know, that this has got to be done to keep everything viable with the Jacksonville Jaguars staying in Jacksonville for the long haul. Now, the stadium, there's no way they'll start work on the stadium For at least two years. This is the 2023 season, so it's not going to interrupt our current season or the 2024 season. Any construction that starts is probably going to start around, my guess would be 2025 or 2026. I've heard anything from it may take a year to up to close to two years to build this incredible billion-dollar stadium for the future. But that's good news. It looks like the city and the Jaguars might be inching closer together. I know they still have to have a vote and that type of thing. But, uh, man, for the, the, the future of this franchise here in Jacksonville, the new stadium will have to be done. The deal will have to be done. It'll have to be built over about a one- to two-year period. And then you got a billion-dollar stadium here in Jacksonville, Florida. So thumbs up so far on the stadium deal is kind of what it's looking like from from this angle. Uh, Mr. Gaylor, thank you for your input as well. John Gaylor, our contributor, correspondent, and supporter of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, Mr. Louie from over in London in the England area. Glad to have you here listening with us on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Okay, so the Jaguars do have San Francisco at home. I'm not sure I I'm not sure I touched that game if you're you know if you're you know for informational services only. I'm not sure if I was a huge gambler, which I'm not. I don't think I would touch that game because San Francisco's got something to prove. They're on a losing streak. Jaguars have a winning streak going and I think it ended in <laughs> Could end at any time, right? Although the Jaguars have shown some talent, defense has improved. Um, the offense is starting to come around. 
if the Jaguars put it all together, man, they could they could really go on a huge streak at the end like they did last year. However, I'm going to stick with my prediction of 11 and six. And we picked at the beginning of the year, four and two in the division. I was thinking seven and four outside the division. The Jags are doing good. Winning against outside the division teams. Um, let's face it, the Jags are six and two. They have um, beaten Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. They won at New Orleans. I never thought they'd win both of those, but they did. Uh, they beat Atlanta over in London. And uh, Jaguars beat Buffalo over in London. What is that? That's four victories outside the the, the division right there. Um, losses for the Jaguars. They got one outside the division loss to Kansas City. And the, the other loss was the Houston Texans inside the division. So everything is kind of running true to form. I see the Jags going at least 11 and 6 unless the roof caves in. Right now, it looks pretty good. The offensive line, actually, with the trade that was made uh, to pick up Ezra Cleveland, that gives the Jags more depth. This is a guy that can start. This is a guy you may want to keep on your team beyond this year because I don't think they were going to re-sign Ben Barch. Ben Barch has been waived and now is no longer part of the Jaguars. Does he get picked up with another team? Maybe. Maybe not. When these offensive line guys go down with injuries, anything's possible. Um, we'll take a look at the SEC power rankings. Now, I, I missed you guys during the week um, with the SEC power rankings. Here's the power rankings I had before last week's games. I had Georgia 8-0, number one, Alabama number two, seven and one. Both those teams are going to stay right where they are. I got Ole Miss third at seven and one. Um LSU 6-2, fourth in the power rankings, but they lost to Bama, who's a couple of spots ahead of them. Uh, Missouri, number five at 7-1. They lost to Georgia. They're not going to lose a lot of ground there. They're 7-2. I uh, had Florida sixth in the in the 14-team SEC power rankings, the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. Florida um, is going to – Florida is going to drop – Losing to Arkansas at home, 39-36 in overtime. The thing about that game, you know, Florida Florida lost, of course. By the way, Texas A&M is playing a little bit better football. They, I had them around eighth. I had uh, Tennessee seventh at six and two. Tennessee's most likely going to move ahead of Florida. When the new uh, BigJReport.com SEC power rankings come out, but I'm giving you last week's rankings. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Ole Miss 3, LSU 4, Missouri 5. A little bit of a homerism from me, Florida 6th, Tennessee 7th, Texas A&M 8th, Kentucky 9th, Auburn 10th, Mississippi State 11th, Arkansas 12th. They're going to move up slightly, perhaps. Although Arkansas has only won three football games all year. They're 3-6. and six. Um, but the win over Florida is definitely going to keep them ahead of South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and it might move them up to near or past maybe Auburn or Mississippi State. That was a big win um, uh, for Arkansas at Florida. I think that's the first time Arkansas has ever won at Florida. I know they haven't played a lot of games at Florida. I know I went to an SEC championship game up in Atlanta many, many years ago, I guess back in the 90s. 
and uh, Florida literally shellacked the Arkansas Hogs when Steve Spurrier was the head coach at Florida. So we can take a look at the scores. Um, I know that Florida, you know, Florida was part of a a game which they lost to Arkansas 39 to 36 last Saturday, a final in overtime. The last two plays of regulation were really haphazard. When I think Florida got a penalty when they tried to down the ball. What did that back them up five yards and they missed the field goal and the game went to overtime. The Gators got a field goal, but then Arkansas got a touchdown and Arkansas won the game 39, 36. The defense for Florida missed a lot of tackles. I know they had Arkansas as a really big quarterback, but other teams were beating Arkansas, right? So the Florida defense really hurt them in this game. I understand the Florida defense is very young. I think they really only have one starter back from last year's team that really wasn't that good on defense the last couple of years. So you got a lot of young guys. They have played well at times, but then they played like they did against Arkansas as well. So Florida lost to Arkansas. Uh, Sam Pittman, I, I really think he's a good coach. He, he If he had lost this game, he might have got fired. They fired a quarter coordinator the week before, I believe. Um, Sam Pittman, I think, is a good coach. That was a big win for Sam. Might have saved his job. I don't know. Maybe they fire him at the end of the year. Arkansas 39, Florida 36, a final in overtime. Florida State keeps winning. They keep winning. They're going to be in the playoff playoffs. They will. They keep winning. They're going to be in the playoffs. However, Florida State's got a Florida team that might have nothing to lose or maybe everything to gain. Florida State, that could be a big trap game. That's a rivalry game, Florida State and Florida. Look out. That one's coming up on the schedule. Now, the Gators – have a tough schedule. Are they going to win any more games? They're like five and four now. Are they going to win any more games? They play LSU. They're going to play Florida State. And who's the other team they got coming up? That's a third team on the schedule. They're playing LSU. They're playing uh, Florida State and Missouri. Missouri, who's a team, the new coach, what's his name, Drinkwater or something like that. It, it, the um, Missouri team is been better than I thought they'd be. They battled Georgia. Um, Missouri almost beat LSU. So Missouri is a legitimate SEC team. Let's see. Missouri lost to Georgia. They're now 7-2 and two overall. Florida's got Missouri coming up. They got LSU coming up. They got Florida State coming up. And basically, Florida should be an underdog in all three of those games. And they're 5-4 and four right now. If they don't win another game, they're not going to go to a bowl. Bottom line, um, Vanderbilt's at the bottom of the conference, two and seven overall. Uh, South Carolina's 13, Arkansas 12th, Mississippi State 11th, Auburn 10th, Kentucky 9th, Texas A&M's five and three and eighth, but I think Texas A&M will, will move up some. Tennessee seven, six and two. Florida, I had them six, but they're going to be dropping after losing to Arkansas. We'll put together another. Uh, BigJReport.com SEC Power Rankings coming up on the next podcast as well. We'll try to stay on top of this. Missouri uh, fifth in our Power Rankings in the conference at seven and one. LSU six and two, but they lost Alabama. So everybody's going to be shuffling. The top three are going to stay really the same: uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Ole Miss. That's the top three in the SEC. 
that is absolutely your top three teams in the SEC, no doubt. Georgia, number one, Alabama, two, Ole Miss, three in the SEC power rankings. So college football has been very, 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 very interesting. Um, there's been a lot of games going on. Again, Florida lost in overtime 39-36 to 36, uh, to Arkansas, as you know. Um Hey, we had a we had a low temperature. Let's see, we got down to 47 at the Jacksonville International Airport on Tuesday morning, November the 7th. 47 the low. However, the high in the afternoon is going to get up to near 80. So it's going to warm up a little bit in the afternoon, but cool down at night and late at night and early in the morning. Might see a little fog. I'm looking out the window now. I'm not seeing any fog, at least at World Headquarters. Sunshine, beautiful day. High temperature is going to get up to near 80. Lows this morning earlier were 47 at the Jacksonville International Airport. There's no chance of rain. Mainly, hey, mostly clear skies, light and variable winds. Winds, um, when I was told, winds would be southeast and then they're going to switch to the uh, switch to the northwest or shift to the northwest at about only five to six miles per hour so not a lot of wind and that's kind of unusual uh, here in uh, jacksonville in north florida so that's some of absolutely what's going on i do want to you know give you some scores we've given you some of the college football scores again the nfl monday night game the la chargers 27 the new york jets six a final New York Jets, literally no offense in that game. I needed the Chargers. I needed the L.A. Chargers to win, to win the pool, and they did. They covered that. What was it, three points they were favored by? The Jets got blown out. That was a home game for the Jets, too, right? We'll talk more college football, high school football, and North Florida entertainment coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Hey, we got we got some North Florida entertainment coming up, but you know, I was I was kind of uh this kind of caught my eye on in the Facebook group, the bigjreport.com Facebook group. Um Howard Cos Cogswell, our, one of our top contributors, posted this. He was in radio a long time too, known as Hal Jackson. Uh Hal Hal, I was I always called him Hal. He went more by Hal Jackson, but He's also in our, he's a moderator in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. And he's also um, an administrator uh, with the Facebook group, too. Does a great job. Um, How did this post about Elton John reveals he's completed a new album with Bernie Toppin, the guy he, you know, actually collaborated with many, many years ago as well. And has for a long, long time. So that's kind of exciting. Elton John reveals he's completed a new album with Bernie Toppin. Now, I was under the impression, and a lot of these groups, you you think, hey, they're on their swan song as far as touring. Maybe Elton does not tour. Maybe he just does the, um, you know, the final album, the new album, if you will, which could be the final album for Elton. He's getting up there in age and. I keep thinking he's wanting to retire, but man, these music guys, man, they get a song in their ear and they want to keep going. A lot of them do a lot of them performing up into their, you know, up into their sixties, seventies, and even eighties. 
And Elton John recently revealed he's completed a new album with Bernie Taupin. That's kind of exciting. I'll, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. That could be chock full of some some current hits for Elton John. Man, he's not that he hadn't had any hits in the past, but he's had, he's had many, many dozens of hits Elton John has had. College football, again, I was disappointed with a 39-36 loss. Florida lost to Arkansas. Did not like the way... The coaching staff or the players handled the final two plays in regulation. The game should have never gone to overtime, but it did. And Arkansas won it in overtime. There's a lot of good stuff in our Facebook group, including, you know, we have some sunrises and sunsets in there and weather info and um, beautiful weather. Man, we've had some beautiful weather in Jacksonville and North Florida. Uh, Florida Gators won their opening basketball game 93 to 73 over Loyola. This is the second year of the uh, Todd Golden era, the former San Francisco Dons head coach, who was an assistant in the SEC prior to coaching the San Francisco Dons. But Florida won their opener 93 to 73 over Loyola. Um, so it's a big win for the Gators 93 73 over the, the uh, Loyola. This is Loyola from Maryland, right? Loyola, Maryland Greyhounds. Florida won that one 93 to 73. So it's always good to get off the the mat with a good start, right? When you start the season. So college football over the weekend, Alabama beat LSU by two touchdowns. I believe it was 42-28. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, 24, Buffalo Bills, 18, the Sunday night game in the NFL. Uh, Florida State does keep winning. Um, they haven't lost. They have not lost. However, what I'm going to say about Florida State is this. Man, they've got a really good coach. He has ever so gradually improved that program ever since he got there. He was he was, he was the right hire. I said that before he was hired. Um, Mike Norvell, when he coached at Memphis his last year, they were 11-1 and and had a Cotton Bowl bid. They went to the Cotton Bowl. He's a good coach. He had a winning record at the mid-majors, unlike uh, Taggart. So this was a good move. Ever so gradually, it's taken him three or four years. But Florida State, I mean, they're in the top four of the country. I think Washington's fifth, Oregon's right behind them. I believe this year there's only four teams in the college playoff before they, they go to, I believe, 12 teams next year. So there'll be some there'll be some debating going on with uh, which four teams get in. Alabama's only got one loss, so there you go. A lot of things happening. Georgia's still undefeated. Now I'm going to say this: the ACC championship game, Florida State's got to win that. They got to beat Florida too. The Florida Florida State game is actually in Gainesville, and Florida State has got to win the ACC title game, or they're not going to be in the Final Four. There's no doubt. Um, a lot of people are going to be rooting for Florida State to lose a game where they don't get in the playoff, right? But if they keep winning, they don't lose another one. They're going to absolutely be in the playoff unless something kind of, you know, feeble or crazy happens. So, um, again, that NFL football game, let's see, the um, – this was a big game on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles 28, Dallas Cowboys 23. That was a come-from-behind win for Philly. I, I was watching some of that game. Dak, Dak Prescott has improved his game. He's battled through injuries. 
And he's a, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Now, will Dallas win any playoff games? Not sure. Um, after um, Al Davis's son, what's uh, Mr. Davis's uh, son's name that runs the team, owns the team now? Mark Davis. Mark Davis. That's it. Um, the Raiders, after getting rid of the, I believe, the GM and the coach, I know they got rid of the coach. They had an interim coach in this one. The Raiders blasted the Giants, Las Vegas Raiders, 30, the New York Giants, six of final. Colts beat the Panthers. That was with Gardner Minshew. Indianapolis Colts, 27, the Carolina Panthers, uh, 13 last Sunday. And that would have been back on Sunday. What is that? Sunday, it would have been Sunday, uh, November the 5th. It's still November, Sunday, November the 5th. Uh, college football, Florida State still undefeated. FSU, Florida State 24, Pitt Panthers 7. Final score on Saturday, November the 4th, 2023. FSU is, you know, slap your knee, man. They're 9-0. and They're absolutely 9-0, and and they're in most polls are ranked, I believe, third or fourth. So right now they're going to be in the poll. Are they going to be in the um, – they're going to be in the playoff. If they don't lose another one, they're absolutely going to be in the playoff. Washington and Oregon want to get in. Those are two foot, good football teams. They're both better than USC, in my opinion. Here's um, – after the after the uh, Georgia win over Missouri and the Florida lost to Arkansas um, – this is a poll that came out from AP on November the 5th. That would have been Sunday, November the 5th. Associated Press poll for November the 5th of 2023. This was after Georgia beat Missouri. Uh, Florida lost in overtime to Arkansas. And Alabama beat LSU by two touchdowns at home. Al- you know, the combination of this, Alabama's defense, Alabama being at home, and Saban being at least still a slightly better coach than, than uh, Mr. Kelly from LSU, led to the 42-28 thumping. Alabama 42, LSU 28, I believe was the final score. That one from memory. Okay, here's here's how the poll looks. The AP Associated Press poll for November the 5th of 2023. The Georgia Dogs, number one in the country, still undefeated. Michigan, number two. Wow, Ohio State slipped up to three. They're, they've slipped ahead of uh, Florida State. Florida State is fourth. So Michigan and Ohio State still got to play. So the loser of that one will probably slip underneath Florida State as long as Florida State keeps winning. Uh, Washington is fifth, Oregon sixth. Let's, let's hit these again. Georgia number one in the nation, Michigan number two as of November the 5th, 2023. Georgia, number one in the country, undefeated. Michigan, number two. Ohio State has slipped up to number three in the AP poll. Florida State is fourth, still undefeated at 9-0. and The Seminoles are. Washington just came off a 10-point win over USC. Washington ranked fifth. Oregon, sixth. Texas, seventh. Alabama. Alabama, whoa, Nelly, as Keith Jackson used to say, Alabama's ranked eighth in the country in the top ten. Penn State is ninth. And the Ole Miss Rebels, the Ole Miss Rebels, tenth under Lane Kiffin. How about this, the Louisville Cardinals. Is that the Louisville Cardinals ranked 11th in the country? You know, they, they, did, they did beat Notre Dame um, two or three weeks back. So 
that's some of what's going on. How about the old, uh, is that the Oregon State Beavers ranked 12? They got a good team too. Uh, looks like the Utah Utes are 13, Tennessee 14. So they're going to be moving up in our BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. Um, Oklahoma State, I believe it's Oklahoma State at 15th. They just upset Oklahoma. They knocked Oklahoma down to 17th. Missouri 16th. Again, Oklahoma 17th. LSU's 18th. Kansas 19. And uh, who was that 20th team there? My goodness, who was the 20th team? Is that the Tulane Greenway, maybe? I don't know. You got... Uh, James Madison's 21st, Notre Dame's 22nd. That's JMU is 21st. I'm assuming that's James Madison University. Notre Dame 22nd, Arizona 23rd, North Carolina is 24th. And LU is 25th. So maybe, maybe I should pull up the poll because that poll was by Logos. Let's see. AP College Football Poll. Let's pull that up again. See what the current rankings are. If I can pull those up. Georgia's, of course, ranked number one. Um, you know, you got Michigan, two, Ohio State, three, Florida State, fourth. This is the AP poll. You know, there's a couple of different polls, obviously. Um... Okay, here we go. Yeah, Tulane was 20th. I was looking at I, I thought that was the green wave at 20th. Okay, Tulane is 20th, James Madison 21st, Notre Dame 22nd, Arizona 23rd, North Carolina 24. And the LU's Liberty University, where Hugh Freeze came from. Now he's coaching Auburn. So his old school is uh, ranked higher than him. Auburn's not in the top 25, but they are a coming team. Auburn will be better next year and keep in mind alabama you got to play auburn you know that grudge match is 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 a very interesting game at the end of the year between alabama and auburn so that's some of what is going on in uh, college football uh we'll take a look at some let's take a look at some high school football scores because i got a bunch of high school football scores i got the good word that ed white is uh, going to the playoffs they're they're six and four They've had some injuries throughout the year. They, well, you know, they really, I think, could have had a better record, but they made the playoffs. They're coming off a win against Baldwin. If you go to our website, you can get the high school football scores. Let's see. I, we did put some high school football scores up. Let's see. Big J Report info and high school football scores on the homepage, right next to the BigJReport.com logo, North Florida info and neighbors areas. Let's pull up the scores. High school football, high school football scoreboard for North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas such as Central Florida and even a pocket of South Southeast Alabama. Here is the absolute scoreboard. Uh, Fletcher 22, Atlantic Coast nothing. Fletcher Senators. I like to kind of see how many nicknames I know too. Fletcher Senators 22, the Atlantic Coast Stingrays nothing. Bartram Trail Bears 24, Mandarin. 14. I believe Mandarin's known as the Mustangs, I believe. Bartram Trail 24, Mandarin 14. That's where Carson Beck played his high school ball, and he won a state title at Mandarin back during his uh, his junior year. 
We'll hit some more scores real quickly as far as high school football goes. Uh, Bartram Trail 24, Mandarin 14, the final score. Uh, by the way, the high school football scores are up on our website at BigJReport.com. Scroll the homepage. You'll see our BigJReport.com, North Florida Info and Neighbors Areas logo right next to North Florida News, below it at High School Football. And these are the scores I'm looking at right now. You can check them anytime at uh, BigJReport.com, uh, of course. Riverside Generals, where my dad went to high school, but when he went to high school there, it was known as Lee High School, the Lee High School Generals. Riverside Generals, formerly known as Lee High School, uh, 32. Uh, let's see, Lee High School... Lee High School Generals 32, Reball Trojans 23, a final. Reigns Vikings 45, Westside Wolverines nothing. There was a lot of blowouts in high school football this past week. And these were the games played on uh, Friday night. Yeah, they were played last Friday night. That was back on, what was that, November 3rd. Uh, last Friday night, November the 3rd. Ed White Commanders, they're going to the playoffs. Ed White Commanders, 36, Baldwin, 14. Reigns Vikings, 45, Westside Wolverines, nothing, a final. Again, my Ed White Commanders, 36, Baldwin, 14, the final. You know the high school football season is, is coming to a regular season end when Inglewood plays Wolfson. My dad used to take me to that game back when I was probably six, seven, eight years old. Loved going. It, was, it used to be played at the Gator Bowl, 9.30 in the morning, Thanksgiving morning. Now, you can see the high school football season starts earlier than it used to, and it ends earlier. Apparently, the Inglewood-Wolfson game is now being played on uh, Friday, November the 3rd. Inglewood blew them out, too, this time around. Inglewood Rams 42, Wolfson Wolfpack 0, a final special rivalry for me. Even though I never went to school at either one of the schools, but they're a couple of the real old-time gateway conference Jacksonville schools, Inglewood Rams 42, Wolfson Wolfpack, nothing, a final special rivalry. Uh, First Coast Buccaneers, First Coast 31, Andrew Jackson Tigers, nothing, a final. Terry Parker Braves 34, Sandwood Saints 20, a final score. In loving memory of the late Larry Cole, he was a big Apopka Blue Daughters fan. He passed away well over a year ago now. It's hard to believe that much time has passed by. He was known as the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook. And sadly, Jimmy Buffett has now passed away about a year after Larry Cole did. Isn't that amazing? They're on a they're on a, a cloud up in, in, in heaven. Boy, how about how, how about that? Boy, that's an interesting time. A Popka Blue Daughters 29, uh Wakiva 28. Larry Cole was a big Apopka Blue Daughters fan. A Popka Blue Daughters 29. Wakiva 28, a final. Fleming Island, 28. The uh, Orange Park Raiders, 27, a final. Uh, Vero Beach defeated Columbia County Lake City. Let's see, it was Vero Beach. Vero Beach, uh, 31. Columbia County Lake City, 10, a final. Bradford, 35. Suwannee County, 3. Suwannee County out of Live Oak. Again, Bradford, 35. Suwannee County, 3, a final. Uh, Bishop Kenny, this one surprised me a little bit, but a couple of good football programs. Bishop Kenny, 29, University Christian, 26, a final on Friday night, November the 3rd. 
of 2023. St. Augustine may be the best high school football team in North Northeast Florida. It's, it, certainly that's a debate. St. Augustine 41, uh, the Palatka Panthers 6, St. Augustine 41, Palatka 6, a final. Beachside Barracuda is relatively a new school. I think this is like only their second or third year playing football. I think their second year. Beachside Barracuda 66. They got some players over there. Beachside Barracuda 66, the Providence School 22, a final. Middleburg 32, the Fernandina Beach Pirates, nothing, a final score. How about Fort White, man? They, they're playing some good football this year. They blew out Santa Fe from, I believe, the Gainesville, uh, Florida area. Fort White 77, Santa Fe 13, a final. In um, South Georgia, high school football scores Effingham County 31, Brunswick, Georgia 28, a final. Coffee 28, Ware County 5, a final score. The Camden County, Georgia Wildcats 34, the Lowndes 21, a final. Glen Academy defeated Lakeside in Georgia. Not Lakeside in Alabama, but Lakeside in Georgia. Glen Academy 50, Lakeside in Georgia 7, a final. Randolph Clay Red Devils, where I used to I used to do their play-by-play for like over 10, 15 years. Randolph Clay won. I'm always glad to see Randolph Clay win. Randolph Clay Red Devils, uh, 26. The Tyrrell County Green Wave, 6. How about I know some of those nicknames? Huh? Randolph Clay Red Devils. Again, the Randolph Clay Red Devils, 26. Tyrrell County Green Wave. That's a Tyrrell County, Georgia Green Wave, 6. So Randolph Clay Red Devils, 26. Tyrrell County, Georgia Green Wave, 6. A final up and over and out to the west and southeast, South Alabama. Uh, the Uvalde, Alabama Tigers, 27. The Early County Bobcats, Early County, Georgia Bobcats, 24. A final. That was an Alabama-Georgia battle there. Uvalde, Alabama Tigers, 21. The Early County Bobcats, 24, a final. And this next game was actually the first playoff game that I know of. The regular season is over with for everybody, but it was actually a playoff game that was played last week. Uh, Private schools in Alabama playing on a playoff game. Uh, back on Friday night, November the 3rd, it was uh, Wilcox Academy 23, the Lakeside School Chiefs located in Eufaula, Alabama 16. Again, Wilcox Academy 23, the Lakeside School out of Eufaula, Alabama 16, the final. That was actually a first-round playoff game in Alabama back on Friday night, November the 3rd of 2023. If you have additional scores that we don't have or you'd like to add your favorite team to the mix we can always you know add add if you got a favorite high school team and you want us to get the scores up on the website or on the podcast let me know uh, you can call me at 904-422-2868 or better yet send me a quick email scott at bigjreport.com that's scott at bigjreport.com i know for a fact we don't take a look at all the high school football scores, but hey, we take a look at a good many of them. And let me tell you, there's a lot of there's a lot of high schools playing high school football now. So we gave you the mass majority of the scores throughout North Florida, South Georgia, surrounding areas, which include a pocket of South, Southeast Alabama. And we run up on some Central Florida scores from time to time as well. We got North Florida Entertainment. 
uh, coming up, we'll talk about that. Oklahoma State, that was, a, that was a big upset. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. I picked Oklahoma State in the pool, by the way, and I actually won the pool. So let me ask you a question here. Winning the pool, the, the college football slash NFL pool, I went 4-2 and two in the colleges against the spread, 11-3 and three in the NFL against the spread. Was I a genius this week, or was it luck, or somewhere in between? <laughs> Probably somewhere in between, right? Or there's a lot of luck involved, and you got to know a little bit about what you're what you're doing. You got to the trend. There's trends that develop in in college football as well as the NFL too. So we had a good week. We didn't really give out our picks prior. Uh, to these games, but that's that's what we did in the pool, uh, the college football slash NFL pool that we were involved in it. We needed a Chargers win on Monday night football for them to cover by three points or or better. Well, they needed to they needed to cover the three points and win by at least four actually, and they did. The Chargers were a big winner on Monday night football. The LA Chargers twenty seven, the New York Jets six. In the Monday night football game that was played Monday night, November the 6th. Uh, we will talk North Florida Entertainment coming up next as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Hey, the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast continues on. Jaguars on a five-game winning streak. And we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Remember Larry Saucer, whether it's home, residential, commercial, or business real estate and land appraising. And Larry does all that good stuff. Go to our website at uh, bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage near our 24-7 North Florida weather. You'll find a link for Saucer Realty and Capital. Want to also thank uh, want to thank LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio. They're now the home of Midnight Rock, Midnight Central Time, one o'clock a.m. during the week, Eastern Time. They have recognizable and identifiable hits in the morning. So you know, by the way, if you own a business out there, or you run a business, or you just want some good music, uh, Monday through. Uh, Friday from morning to afternoon, they got the recognizable hits and identifiable hits. They branch out to, you know, more deep tracks, album cuts, and some late night classic rock as well at uh, LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Hits 2000s in the evening, Monday through Friday nights, and rock Saturdays as well. LakeUfallHits.com. They got it all in a great variety and a lot of extras. Check them out. LakeUfallHits.com. LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Check out the XFLToday.net to review the 2023 XFL season, which was actually the entire season was completed. The Arlington Renegades, coached by Bob Stoops, won the XFL championship game. There's talk of a merger uh, coming up in the XFLToday.net. We'll be covering that as well. The merger would be between the XFL and the USFL, the two top spring leagues, obviously. So we want to thank the XFLToday.net. Check that out. Saucer Realty and Capital, uh, LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. And don't forget about the Mad Max Mix. The Mad Max Mix, 
www.weebly.com. Max um, has asked me to come on his show. I've been on there. I enjoy going on Max's show. In fact, I enjoy listening to Max's show. The Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. Great internet radio. And Max does actually the Mad Max, who's also our Georgia Bulldog football insider. He keeps up with the Jaguars too through the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I know Max is watching some of the games as well. But if you want to listen to Mad Max and his show, the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, that's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. And it can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. Checking out the concerts coming up. There's been some good shows in Jacksonville and North Florida. Uh, let's see some of the stuff going on. Uh, local North Florida jam band late night transfer, uh, did a show back on November the 4th at new venue at a new venue called Bedlam on Mayport road. Um, also Pink Floyd tribute band, Brent Floyd, and they, they have good, they get good reviews for the most part from what I hear. So if you want some Pink Floyd songs done by a good tribute band, Pink Floyd tribute band, Brent Floyd, coming to the iconic Florida theater, which has been completely remodeled and revamped. They put about $8 million into the Florida theater, new heating and air conditioning systems in the building. They kept that iconic almost, I think it's the Florida theater has been around almost 100 years. That iconic look of the Florida theater on the outside of the building. And they've revamped the inside new heating and air conditioning just in time, you know, for the, the cooler or colder weather, if you will, coming coming in during the winter. So check out a show at the Florida Theater. I've been there many times. I've seen the Alan Parsons Project there uh, a couple of times. Really enjoyed that. Boss, Boss Gags. I saw Boss Gags at the Florida Theater a few years back. Natalie Merchant. Great show. Um, probably the best show I've, I've seen at the Florida theater was probably the Alan Parsons project. In my opinion, boss gags put on a good show too. Uh, Natalie merchant, uh, did as well. I saw night Ranger map, nothing but, but great things to say about night Ranger and Kenny G does a very special show. I saw that as well at the Florida theater a few years back, special memories, um, uh, with most all those shows actually for me personally. Uh, so, uh, Pink Floyd tribute band, Brent Floyd, uh, coming to the, coming to the iconic Florida theater on Saturday night, November the 18th of 2023 at eight o'clock PM. Also the late Jim Croce's son, AJ Croce, who does a lot of his dad's songs, time in a bottle. Um, I've got a name, all the great Jim Croce songs, or he does most of them. Check out his show, AJ Croce, the son of the late Jim Croce, who tragically passed away back around 1973. Boy, he was a, he was a genius. He was, he was only like 30, what, 31 years old when he passed away. And his son at the time, AJ Croce was, I think a toddler at that time. Now AJ Croce is, you know, heck, when you talk about time and space, I mean, A.J. Croce's probably, gosh, he's got to be, I don't know how old he is, but he's got to be close to 50 years old or older. A.J. Croce, check him out. The son of the late Jim Croce. A.J. Croce will be um, in concert and uh, 
performing. That's AJ Croce performing on Saturday evening, November the 25th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, the Kansas Show from days gone by. Man, that's a group, big 70s and 80s group. Kansas from Dust in the Wind fame coming to North Florida in just a few months or a few weeks, if you will. Kansas playing the Florida Theater on Friday night, January the 12th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater on Forsyth Street in Jacksonville, Florida. Gladys Knight performing on February the 13th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll be adding some more shows uh, to when we take a look at the concerts. Also, you can go to BigJReport.com and check out the Neighbors 2 section for the look at the latest concerts. Special thanks to all of our sponsors who sponsor the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we do want to thank uh, Lake Eufaula Hits, Saucerility and Capital, the XFLToday.net, the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. I want to thank all of you guys for sponsoring the uh, broadcaster podcast, if you will. This has been episode show number 76A of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, Big Buffalo Bills fan. They're kind of sliding right now. I picked him in the pool, man. I regret it at Cincinnati, beat him 24-18. But we want to thank our executive producer, JC, doing such a fine job in being the executive producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So a special thank you to our executive producer, JC, also Alex Nunnery, our semi-pro football insider, uh, David Martin, man, David Martin, one of my favorite folks. He's a big, JC, he's a big Alabama fan too. He was really happy about Alabama, the Crimson Tide beating LSU. Uh, what was it? 42 to 42 to 28. And, and David Martin, man, he knows a lot about semi-pro football. He played for the Panhandle Crusaders for years. He's played for a few other teams as well, but we want to say especially hello to David Martin, want to thank David for a lot of tremendous posts. He even had a post uh, about high school football, too, on our or in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. David Martin wanted to give you a plug here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, David lives in the Panhandle, Pensacola, Florida area, by the way. Big Alabama fan, big Braves fan like myself. Of course, I'm a big Gator fan in Florida. Really, they – Things fell apart against Arkansas. Arkansas won in overtime 39-36. FSU 24, Pittsburgh 7. FSU still undefeated. Alabama with a huge 42-28 win over LSU. Georgia keeps on winning. They beat Missouri. And we talked about most of the college football teams, you know, during this uh, podcast and broadcast, of course. I keep hearing good things about Georgia Tech. You know, Georgia Tech has beaten Miami. Can you believe that? Georgia Tech has uh, beaten Miami, and they've also beaten North Carolina. Take a look at um, – I was going to take a look at how how uh, Georgia Tech is doing. Uh, Louisville's got a good team. Louisville knocked them off back on September the 1st, 39-34. to 34. But, I mean, Tech is uh, – has won some big games for Georgia Tech. Um, let's take a look. Georgia Tech 
on the 2023 season. They lost to Louisville. Um, let's see, they beat North Carolina State. Um, let's see, they have, you know, they have some, they have some big wins. They've got, got wins over Miami. They beat Virginia. I believe it was, they beat North Carolina. Um, Tech has lost four games. They won five. They're five and four, but probably doing better than most people thought they would, they would do. They've got the, um, the annual Georgia Georgia Tech game is Saturday, November the twenty fifth. Time will be determined on that one. So Georgia Tech's five and four, doing better than a lot of the experts thought they would do. With some key wins, they beat Miami. Kind of, you know, the Miami game was kind of interesting. Where Miami could have run the clock out and won the game. They fumbled the ball, and Tech had some big plays and won the game. Georgia Tech's five and four. So we we do want to you know kind of hit all of our schools kind of you know in our area you know Florida Florida State Georgia Georgia Tech Alabama Auburn I think Auburn's about a year away uh, from from doing something much better Hugh Freeze is in his first year at Auburn as a head coach Nick Saban still having a great year it's basically still Georgia one Alabama two right now in the Southeastern Conference. Again, want to thank our producers. The uh, Teal Short Report podcast has been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, also by Alex Nunry. Special kudos to David Martin, our semi-pro football insider. And want to thank John Gaylor, our correspondent, our correspondent and supporter of the podcast. So we want to thank John Gaylor very much. Uh, For all the help, the conversation, the information uh, that John helps us with um, in our podcast, Um, he is definitely a a correspondent with us and a supporter of the podcast. And John, we appreciate, we certainly appreciate all the help uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. That's going to do it. Episode show number 76a i should say john gaylor is not just a correspondent but he's a contributor and a supporter of the podcast john gaylor thank you very very much again that puts a lid and a cap on episode show number 76a of the teal shirt report podcast hey thank you guys uh, for listening to the teal shirt report podcast i appreciate it very very much my name is scott i'm your host i'm out until next time thank you for listening